Welcome back to Dwight Explains the Bible Season 2. Today's episode is just going to be an angry tirade of things that have just been pissing me off about the whole Christian thing. So buckle up. So surprisingly, today's going to be talking about the hypocrisy of Christians. So it's always whenever the Bible says do this or don't do that, and you see Christians doing exactly that, and you point that out to them, they always say, well, it, it's not bad if I do it. So let's look at some of these uh, hypocritical uh, deflections that they do all the time. So first we see them like wearing crosses, right? They wear a cross around their neck. You go to church and there's a huge cross in the right behind the altar at the front of the church and they're all you know, bowing down to the cross and stuff. So we know the story of Moses going up on the mountain to get the Ten Commandments and when he came down people had erected a golden calf, a, a golden idol. They were using that as their focus of worship for Yahweh, the God of the Bible. They weren't worshiping the calf, they were using that as a focal point, a place to focus on to worship Yahweh, because they, uh, I think Aaron, the brother, was saying, tomorrow we're going to have a feast for Yahweh, but today we're going to do this, right? And so the problem was that they were using a false idol. They were also using pagan practices. This is what they did for the other gods, and God doesn't like that. He doesn't like the customs and traditions of man. He speaks about that numerous times in the Bible, and they were doing a false idol. If you're going to pray to God, just pray to God. And so when you see Christians wearing the crosses and, you know, kneeling before the cross and everything else, it's they're doing the exact same thing. It's a person in front of a thing that's the focus of their religious devotion. It's just a symbol. Just, you know, whatever. So it's just a symbol. It's just whatever. Well, when when uh, Moses' people did it, guess what? God said no. But now that you're doing it, all of a sudden it's okay? That's ridiculous. Then we look at the customs and traditions of man. We look at things like Easter, and we look at things like Christmas. Obviously, everybody knows that these are pagan holidays. Easter is a big fertility uh, celebration in so many different pagan cultures. Easter, or Eastora, or Ishtar, which is the goddess of many different religions, the mother goddess of rebirth. The Easter bunny, a bunny, which symbolizes rebirth, fertility. The egg that doesn't come from Jesus, or the bunny that celebrates new life, again, fertility. And somehow this is, we're using this as a celebration for Jesus coming back from the dead. We're using pagan traditions, customs and traditions of man to celebrate God. God clearly said he doesn't like that. Christmas, how many different gods out there have a birthday on December 25th? What does Santa Claus have to do with Jesus? All the decorations for Christmas, the Christmas tree, the, the, uh, the lights, the gifts under the tree, all of these little things come from pagan traditions and people want to use this to celebrate 
the God who says he doesn't want you using pagan traditions. Oh, but when we do it, it's okay. Really? What does God say? So, there's something out there called a no true Scotsman fallacy, where uh, one person might say, well, you're not a true Scotsman if you don't wear a kilt. Well, you're not a true Scotsman if you're not drunk by 9 a.m. I mean, just whatever, you know, and then Christians use that all the time. They'll look at the people who did the Crusades, the Inquisition, the Salem Witch Trial, and these are all people who were closer in time to Jesus than the Christians today. And the Christians today will say, well, they weren't really Christians. In the same way that those people would say that the Christians of today aren't really Christians. I only bring this up because a highly debated topic is, are Catholics Christians? The only way to identify a Christian is how they themselves identify themselves. If I tell you I'm not a Christian, then all you know is that I'm not a Christian. So Catholics say they're Christians, and in fact, they say they are the original Christian. So the word Catholic comes from the word universal. So when Christianity first started, the universal religion that seemed to be so widespread was Christianity. It was a universal religion because everywhere you'd go, you would, you know, that's what you would see. So the word Catholic started in the original Christianity, if we can even say there's an original Christianity. The original Christian, according to the Bible, is John the Baptist. He's the first person who heard Jesus and continued to do the teachings of Jesus. He didn't have the Gospels, did he? The Gospels weren't written yet. But he was the first person to follow Jesus' teachings, so he was the first Christian. But he didn't have the Gospels. So we have this universal um, original story that developed in a couple different ways. Some people thought Jesus was the Son of God. Some people thought he was God the Son. Some people thought he was just a spirit. There are many different beliefs. So whichever one of those ideologies came out first is actually the original religion. But we know how things divide. We divided uh, pretty immediately. Is Jesus God the Son or the Son of God? Was he just an apocalyptic preacher? You know, whatever. And then we go to different beliefs about salvation. And then, so we have all these branches of Christianity. So Catholics say they're the original religion, but all branches come from the same tree. They all start in the same place and they branch off. Jesus clearly said, call no man father. And the Catholics call their man father and make him wear a dress. But of course... They have biblical uh, reasoning for this. You know, they, they try to talk it away when the word father is used. There is a lot of different times that father, rabbi, priest, dad, whatever has been used in scripture. So they're specifically not doing it in the way that it's calling the person a teacher. However, that's exactly what the priest is, is a teacher, that sort of a father. Anyhow, that's just my two cents. But the narrative is, well, when we do it, it's not a problem. When everybody else does it, it is. I told you this episode was just going to be me being angry and talking about a bunch of stuff. So then people will say, well, God got me off drugs. I know he's true because he got me off drugs. It's funny 
Because that's what a lot of Muslims say. That's what a lot of Hindus say. That's what a lot of Norse people say. They all attribute good things to their own gods. So a thing happened. They got off of drugs. But who is responsible or what is responsible for that? They are assigning a reason without justification. That's who they want to assign this to. So you think out of the billions of people that are on earth, God ignores the 25,000 people who die every single day of starvation, the babies dying of cancer. Oh, but he got you off of drugs. Well, praise his holy name. If you've never been to a Mormon church service or whatever they call it, um, one of their services is just the members explaining, te testifying how they know God is real. And part of their faith, they have to pray on the Book of Mormon to see if that's true. So we have all these people who have this amazing truth. They have this amazing truth to tell. But these seem to be the people who have the least amount of truth to offer. Then we have the whole slavery topic, right? And I know I've talked about this a lot, but there's three different types of slaves in the Bible. There's women slave, who stay a slave forever. And if they have any kids, the kids stay a slave forever. There's your fellow Israelites, which are people in the cool club, right? God's people. They get to go free at the seven-year jubilee. Whenever their time is up, their debt's repaid. Then there's the heathens from the nations around you who become slaves for life. No matter how many times you explain this to them, they can't get it through their head that it, they're talking about different groups of people. In Islam, the children of slaves were considered free children. Islam has a better slavery system, at least for the kids, than the Christians did. And just remember, Jesus was a Jew. So Jesus lived the law. So Jesus' life followed the rules of the Old Testament, which means Jesus lived with the, the understanding that having women as slaves forever, having slaves of the nations around you that you would have for life, you pass on to your children as permanent inheritance, and you could beat them as long as they didn't die right away. That all that stuff was okay with Jesus. And I'm not going to get too deep into the whole slavery issue across the world, across time, because a lot of societies have slave, and it slave, the word slave is different depending on where you're at, like what it means. When, when most Americans think of slavery, we think of American slavery, chattel slavery. But slave can be anything from we go to work, we're momentarily, while we're at work, we're a slave to the boss. So there are different levels of slavery. But when Christians say, well, we're a slave to Christ, because there's, there's a verse in the Bible that talks about being a slave to Christ. When they try to try to uh, minimize the, the, the trauma of when, like the Africans owned the Europeans as slaves, and, you know, they, they would kidnap them off the lands and, you know, just uh, beat them, torture them, have, you know, whatever. And then when those Europeans later came over to America and then had the Africans as slaves, um, there were even, there were a lot of black people in America that had black people as slaves. They were commercial farm owners. Um, but for the Christians today, 
to try and relate being a slave to Christ, as you see in the Bible, to this type of chattel slavery is just disgusting. It's so dishonest and disgusting. You'll hear them talk about, well, it was a different time back then. Well, your God is the same today as he is tomorrow, right? Your God never changes. So if your God says it's okay, then it's still okay with your God. And then they start talking about this stuff, how some things are written as prescriptive or descriptive. Is this something that it's telling the people to do, or is it something that it described what they do? Well, we know with uh, Numbers 31, God ordered his people to kill everyone, save the virgin daughters for himself. So that is a prescriptive. It's telling them what to do. And the people who say that, they don't study this stuff. To be a Christian, you have to believe that Jesus fulfills the Old Testament, but they don't know a damn thing about the Old Testament. All you get with Christians is word salad. They throw out a bunch of fancy-sounding words. They have no idea what it means. They don't know the context of it, but they still want to use it to make themselves sound smart. Again, their whole belief system is based on faith. What other things do you believe in that you don't have a good reason to believe in. When a Christian tells you they want to tell you their truth, stop them and ask them this question. How do you determine what is true? When they try to answer you, they can't really give you a good answer. Because if they try to tell you how they know something is true and they give you the real world answer, that destroys the religious argument. And if they give you a crap answer, that crap answer for the religious side, it destroys every every bit of credibility they have on the other end. How do you determine what is true? Here's a little sampling of prescriptive versus descriptive. Yes, I'm jumping back and forth. Thank you. Um, so there's a story of Lot and his wife turning into a pillar of salt, Sodom and Gomorrah, right? So when the angels or messengers showed up to Lot's house, the the villagers were like, um, we want your, you know, we basically want to have sex with your messengers, so send them out. And Lot's answer was, well, take my daughters. You can do anything you want to them. They're virgins. And then after they fled the town, um, the wife turns into a pillar of salt. The daughters got their dad drunk and then had sex with him. They both had sex with their drunk dad. That could be descriptive, right? The Mid uh, the Midianites kill them all. That's prescriptive. Judges 19 has a story about the Levite and his concubine where uh, the townspeople were trying to have their way with the Levite and instead he throws out his concubine to them and they ravish her all night and she dies. So the, the Levite chops her up into 12 pieces to send her 12 pieces to the 12 tribes of Israel or something. Okay, that could be descriptive. 1 Samuel 15.3, kill the Amalekites, kill them all, the men, the women, the children, the infants, and suckling. Well, that's specifically prescriptive. It's telling them what to do. And I'm going to close this episode out with a question. I've actually been trying to figure out the answer to this. Um, I really, I don't know exactly um, what the answer is. Um, So this is just one of those things that I, I try to bring up in just casual conversation with people. So 
God did the flood. He killed everyone because they were evil. The Amalekites kill them all because they were evil. The Midianites kill them all, but save the virgin daughters for yourselves. So my question is, why? And sometimes you just kill everyone. Sometimes you save the virgin daughters. Um, there's another spot in Deuteronomy where you go to the city, you make them a peace offering. If they agree to your peace offering, um, you make them slaves. If they don't accept your peace offering, then you kill them all. I know, I know. That's a really good peace offering. Do you want to be our slaves or do you want to die? But it's, you know, free will, right? Free will. But anyway, so how come, and sometimes you kill everybody, other times you spare certain people. What's the difference? That's what I want to know. Well, that's it for tonight. That's a lot of things that have been pissing me off today, and I've been getting really flustered with some of the crap I hear. Um, so I just had to get it out. So thank you for listening, everybody. Um, we do have works for cast to come back, and we're going to talk about the crossover of the uh, Egypt into Cathar- or Christianity. So thank you for joining. Dwight Explains the Bible, Season 2.